Welcome to Now on Netflix. We are your guide to what is on Netflix because we know how it feels. Sometimes you turn it on and you have no idea what to watch. This week we're going to talk a lot of carbs, a lot of luxury, maybe even some sports. And there's only one person to do all of that with. He is sweet as a marshmallow biscuit and as fabulous as a Devonshire split. His name is Henry Goldblatt, and he's the executive editor of Tajum.com. Hello, Henry. I know we're going to be talking about the Great British Baking Show, and I have been a huge fan of the show and can't wait to eat it all up with you. Oh, there you go. I love a pun, as you know. Let's talk about the Great British Baking Show before we get into some new things that are coming out, because this was week three, and there was a lot of bread, just bread, loaves, and the big winner was Tasha, who has very quickly become my favorite contestant, who made this creation that looked like Medusa. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, you know what? Yes, I would carbo load and throw in some cheese and pastrami for, you know, good cardiac health. Well, Jessica, I never thought I would utter this sentence, but I want to eat Bradley Cooper which was a bread creation inspired by Bradley Cooper. And I got to say, the reason I love this show is because it's an amalgamation of nothing else that you see on TV. Baking mastery, baking disasters, statement necklaces, a coveted handshake, and X-rated humor. And I couldn't believe when Paul this week said to Maddie, one of the contestants, When it comes to the overall look of it, tell us about the proportion, your, your ball size. Three quarters bottom, one quarter on top. Oh, so you got a little one on top and then a big ball underneath. Yeah. They're nice. in proportion. It seems slightly out of proportion to both sides. Don't be naughty. Right, exactly. He's getting in on, on Prue, who has often had her own uh, wonderful double entendres as well. Speaking of Prue, she was truly at her finest this week with her glasses, her very primary color outfit, like including the earrings. And I just thought, Prue, you know what? You got to let people know when you walk in a room. She absolutely does. And there's nobody who better matches her statement necklace to her glasses to her blazer than Dame Prue Leith. Oh, absolutely. Was there any contestant this week that just made you sad? Because listen, sometimes it doesn't work out. Like I can't even make pasta. And I always feel a little bad about myself. But these people are good at what they do. And sometimes their creation just, I don't know, falls short. I felt really badly for Dan, who is my favorite from week one. Um, and he actually won the first week. And he's like this really cute dad. I don't know English geography, so I'm not going to pretend to know where he's from. He seemed like the front runner after the first week. And he really, really had a rough bread week to the point that Prue was like, you know, I really expect better from you. If I were Dan, I would have like melted into the floor. On the other end of the spectrum, Tasha, who is the show's first ever deaf contestant. She's such an amazing baker. I am loving watching her. She's been for really since the beginning of the show. I mean, we're only three episodes in, but really since the beginning, she's been so much fun to watch. She's so creative. And I don't know, she seems to be headed towards some kind of victory. I sure hope so. She is really, really great and super creative, as you say. And like, if it were a finale with Tasha and Dan, I would be very, very happy. Honestly, I can never pick winners. I'm horrible at that. Like, I should never gamble. None of those things. Um, the forager, who was my favorite in week one, is now gone. She's foraging somewhere. Yes, Abby the forager is gone. Her claim to fame was that she, like, went out into the forest and, like, brought a bunch of ingredients back to bake with. 
I don't trust someone to forage for me. Like, for example, who knows if she picks the wrong mushroom and all of a sudden I'm on a three-day trip because I ate her, like, mushroom quiche or something like that. So not so into that. Jessica, there are a couple other contestants that stick out to me. One is Nikki, who is one of the older contestants on the show. And sometimes the older contestants are cast for comic relief, and Nikki seems to be filling that role this year. She's an okay baker. She has a few disasters, but there's a feeling among some of these older bakers like, yeah, it went wrong. Who cares? Like, I don't give an F. And so she seems to have that. And I really appreciate that energy. And then every year there's sort of a heartthrob baker and Maddie is filling that role. The aforementioned one who Paul wants to know about his ball size. Yes. Yes, correct. And um, Paul speaks for all of us. Moving on to sports, a different Henry Goldblatt expertise. There's going to be a live sports event called the Netflix Cup, which is going to be live on November 14th. And it's going to feature athletes from Formula One, Drive to Survive, and Full Swing, which of course is the golf documentary series. And I guess they're going to play this tournament, um, an 18-hole golf tournament out of the Wynn Golf Club in Las Vegas. So what do we need to know about this? So it's a first-of-a-kind type of event, and as you said, it's going to be out of Vegas, and they're pairing the Formula One drivers with a golf pro, and so that's going to be interesting. I love when two people from random worlds have to come together and achieve the same goal. As you know, it's sort of a staple of reality television, and so I'm eager to see how these pairs do. How does one make golf fun to watch? I think it all depends on the personalities, and we've got some really stocked personalities here in Formula One drivers. We have Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly, Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz, all of whom are characters, and it's going to be great to watch. And I think it's going to be interesting. Like, this hasn't been done before. We don't see F1 drivers like on the golf course often. And it reminds me a little bit of like a Battle of the Network Stars type of vibe, which I'm all here for. I love that you went Battle of the Network Stars. I was going like Big Brother Celebrity Edition and all of that. I love when stars in one field have to compete in something entirely different. It's always entertaining. I have no idea why. One would assume that athletes, if they're good at one thing, that that maybe they have that athletic gene that I'm 100% missing that makes them good at other sports. So I'm sure they will be. And yet it's always so much fun to watch people try something new. I agree completely. I also want to mention that you can get tickets to watch this event. And if you can go to todoom.com once there's more information about the event and request tickets. Henry, there's a new show coming out tomorrow that I'm already obsessed with. It's called Surviving Paradise, and it is exactly as it sounds. It's kind of Survivor. It's a little bit of paradise. It's about these 12 contestants who go to this incredibly beautiful villa, but very quickly they learn they're not all staying in that villa. There are going to be outsiders who have to camp in the outdoors and insiders who get to stay in the lap of luxury. It's such an interesting amalgamation of a bunch of different shows. There's some survivor elements, of course. There's a bit of Love Island because people are like flirting and maybe there's some hookups and maybe not. And then there's a lot of power play and Machiavellian action going on. And this show has really become a civil war between two contestants. On the one hand, you have Lelise, who's an incredibly glamorous woman from New Jersey and who 
slight spoiler alert, gets put in the villa on day one and is super happy about it and a little bit gloating about it. And then you have Tabitha and you sort of have Camp Lelise and Camp Tabitha. And it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out as a result. It sure is because neither one of them is trying to make nice with the other. It's kind of fascinating. I think on a lot of reality shows you watch, there's a lot of playing to someone's face of saying like, oh, no, we're friends. We're good. Da, da, da. They have no interest in being nice to the other one. It is so fascinating to watch. Like no one is holding their cards close to the rest. Not at all. And at one point, Tabitha turns on the waterworks in such a way that I was like, you, my friend, deserve an Emmy. And they turned on the waterworks in order to disadvantage Lelise. Again, I don't want to spoil it, but it's manipulative and it works. It's also fascinating to watch people just reconcile that they are going to have to sleep outdoors in sleeping bags. Like one of the contestants at one point was like, I did not sign up for the fire festival. And it's so funny. They have never been camping or slept outside ever. I mean, I hate nature as much as the next person, but I do feel like I could rough it for a night in like what probably is not the worst weather. Jessica, you're a better person than I am because I could not rough it for a night and I'm totally comfortable about that. However, what I start to wonder is a couple weeks ago, we talked about this show Stranded with my mother-in-law and the idea was these contestants were brought on the premise that they were going to compete in like some beachside challenges and someone would walk away with a bunch of money. And so I'm wondering what these contestants were told or how they were lured there and why the camping seemed like such a big surprise. Yes, they were clearly told that they could win $100,000 and I won't spoil anything, but there is a reveal that happens regarding the prize money down the line. But yes, it is kind of interesting with both both of these shows, there's a little bit of a bait and switch when the contestants show up. And I wonder if going forward in the casting of reality shows, if people are going to be really wary of saying, you know what, I definitely know what I'm signing up for. And then, oh my God, no, this is going to end up being anything but what I signed up for. The advantage of a first season reality show like Surviving Paradise. If you sign up for Survivor or Amazing Race, for example, or Love is Blind or Perfect Match, you have seasons to watch. You know what you're getting into and you know, like, okay, there may be a twist that you didn't expect, but you basically know the format. This they had no idea. And that's what makes it so compelling and interesting because they're just having to roll with the punches as challenges are thrown at them. Oh, absolutely. I'm curious if there's anyone else. I mean, I think, as you said, Tabitha and Lilise are the two people who make a big, big, big first impression. But there are a bunch of people I'm absolutely fascinated by, both by their gameplay and just in general, just by how they are. I thought Cisco is someone to watch and... Haley, I just adore Haley, who seems to feel like, you know what? I just like everyone. Jessica, I love Haley too. She brings major Tracy Turnblad energy from Hairspray, the sunny optimism, and just like the can-do attitude, like she really won my heart. I just want to say just a PSA in general to reality show contestants, don't surrender your potential for being a winner for the person you want to date in the future. 100% agree. Like, leave your sex drive at home and just concentrate on winning the $100,000. That is true because people don't always listen to us, but we are here to say that. Jessica, there's this guy, Copen. Also, A, I like his name. I've never heard the name Copen before. B, he's from a very small town in Oklahoma, which it's unclear if he's ever left it before. And he approaches this 
competition with complete starry-eyed naivete and wonder. And like, it's sort of nice to see a reality contestant like that because so often they are jaded or they're coming in with like very strong gameplay as we talked about with Lulise and Tabitha. And so I like Copen as an antidote. We have grown accustomed to sort of archetypical casting you know there's going to be the kind of larger than life person there's going to be the combative person there's going to be the person who's super cerebral there might be the nerdy person and it's so refreshing when you see a contestant you, you think oh I haven't seen this on 20 shows already agree completely and when you find those gems that's what makes the show special Let's talk about some other shows that are out now on Netflix. Let's start with The Devil on Trial, which is quite literally about the devil being on trial. It's a documentary investigating the apparent possession of a young boy and the brutal murder that followed that. What should we know about this? Jessica, the story is about an 11-year-old boy named David Glatzel, who's played by Foster Hamilton in this documentary. And he starts shouting blasphemies and acting really erratically. And his family believes that he's demonically possessed and arranges for an exorcism. Wow. Okay, so Halloween month viewing, for sure. Um, I'm very intrigued by that and also already freaked out. Also out this week, Big Mouth Season 7, Big Mouth Going to High School. I love this show. I absolutely cannot wait. And then Season 8 and the final season is scheduled for next year. So if you fell behind at one point, this is a great catch-up binge. Yeah, and just a reminder of who's in this cast, because it's just extraordinary. You have Nick Kroll and Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen and John Mulaney, Andrew Rannells and Jenny Slate. Like, it's a comedy powerhouse lineup. So I'm a fan of the show, too, and I can't wait to check it out. Another new show that is out today is Neon, which is about these three friends who move from a small town in Florida to Miami, and they are just determined to make it big in the world of reggaeton. And the creators are Shay Serrano, who's well known in the podcast world, and also Max Searle, who worked on Lady Dynamite, one of my absolute favorite shows, and other shows like The Wonder Years and The Ranch and Dave. Yeah, Jessica, this is a really star-studded producing lineup. You also have Scooter Braun, and Daddy Yankee serves as an executive producer on this show, and it stars Tyler Dean Flores as Santi, the lead who is aspiring to be a um, reggaeton star. And what I like about this show, it's very, very sweet, uh, but you see them starting from absolutely nothing. Like they are sleeping in the car the first nights that they get to Miami and like how they have to scheme and like figure out how to sneak their way into an industry party with the hopes of like meeting the right person who will sign Santi. So it's, um, it's a very easy watch and it's very propulsive. And the young cast is really talented. I'm eager to see how they develop in the show and also what they do outside the show because there are a couple stars in there. Oh, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. I thought, oh my gosh, there's going to be some kind of other deal that happens. And I have to say, I don't know how many seasons they're planning for this, but I hope he doesn't make it too big in season one. It's so much fun watching him kind of hit the pavement and try and meet with the right people. And then you find out maybe the right people are not as powerful as you thought they were. Like you said, it's kind of heartwarming to see this guy who will not give up because he knows he's destined 
destined for something. And also using every connection that he possibly has. Like my father's third cousin's dry cleaner's son used to work at a record label 17 years ago. Maybe he can help me. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but like that's the type of connections that they're trying to forge. And there's some nice comedy in it too, as far as how they um, pursue the dream. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes you have to get a job at a grocery store. Been there. I know we covered a lot of ground here. So to recap, Surviving Paradise out tomorrow. Big Mouth Season 7 is out now, as is Neon. And The Devil on Trial is out now. And you can listen to an interview with the director, Chris Holt, on our sister podcast, You Can't Make This Up. Those shows should keep you busy for a week. Next week, now on Netflix, we'll be talking about the new film, Pain Hustlers. We'll see you then.